Welcome to the Living With Less podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea DeMattis, and I'll be bringing you weekly episodes to encourage and invite you along on this journey of living with less of the things getting in the way of our relationship with Christ. Here's today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Living With Less podcast. I'm so grateful that you are here today and I'm so excited to dig into 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 4 through 9 with you today. As I was studying through here and just studying what Paul was writing to a very divided church in Corinth, so much of this had me awestruck in reading it thinking this is what's going on today and honestly brought me so much comfort seeing what's taking place today has taken place before within the church and we see how God continues to restore and redeem and reconcile that God uses these things to sanctify us and sanctify and purify his church and I really just wanted to dig into this with you guys on here this week so just to start I'm going to begin by reading to you that section of scriptures so we're going to be again in first Corinthians chapter 3 verses 4 through 9 I'm in the ESV version all of these scriptures will also be in the show notes where you can find it there if you don't have your Bible with you to dig into these. So we're going to start here, verse four. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. And then I will read here verse 10 and verse 11. According to the grace of God given to me like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So when you hear that, maybe you're like me and I just thought, yes, this is what's taking place in the church. We are so divided. We are so, we are seeing so much division in the church based off of us giving allegiance and us making idols out of church leaders. So first here, when we read verse four, this is Paul addressing, for when one says, I follow Paul and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? And for me, that causes me and and what God has done so much through the past year. So in the year of 2020, God took so many church leaders off the throne of my life that had no place being there. Nobody should be on the throne of my life except Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. No one should take that place. And I had put several of these church leaders, big names, and even local church leaders on these pedestals, on the throne of my life where I was looking to them as end-all be-all answer. Okay, they know what they're talking about. They are without error, even though we know they are not without error. But that's the place that they had began taking up in my heart. And yet when we read here, as Paul is instructing the church of Corinth, this is divisions within the church. When we have allegiance and when we are so stuck on I follow this person and you follow that person, what is that doing? What is that causing? And so jumping into verse five, when Paul says, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? He addresses what they are. Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. 
So we all have somebody or many people in our lives that have led us and stewarded us to the Lord. Maybe it is a local church leader, or maybe it is one of the more famous church leaders out there where they have led you and stewarded you to deepen your walk with Jesus. What we have to remember is those people are servants of the Lord. God has assigned them. God is using them. We are not drawn to the person. We are drawn to the message of Jesus Christ. We are drawn to the gospel message. That is God drawing us in. And I love that Paul just points it out that they are just servants and addressing too that they are just men. They are but men, again, who are servants of God that God is using and that God has assigned to share the gospel message. And just as I stated when we first started this, so often we make idols out of the people who led us to the Lord. We idolize these authors. We idolize the speakers who were so influential in our lives. And in doing so, we forget who called them to lead. We look to them as without error. And we forget that no, they are too full of error. They're but men. And we have to remember who has called them, who is drawing us in. It is Jesus. It is God after our hearts. He is in pursuit of us. So we have to take them off of the throne of our lives. For me, that came from so much conviction because these people that I had placed on this pedestal, I was watching them feeling like they're failing miserably. What are they doing? What are they saying? Why are they crumbling to culture? And I realized, why am I surprised? Why am I surprised? Not that we shouldn't feel disappointment when we find somebody that we really looked up to or maybe a mentor that has really wavered. I'm not saying we shouldn't be disappointed in that, but watching these people thinking that they will never waver, they will always be steadfast, they will never fall into sin, that's idolatry. We know that people are but human beings. We are full of error. Praise God, when we are Christians walking with him, we are full of the Holy Spirit, but we have to remember that those that are God's servants leading us, whether it's through books, whether it's them as our local church pastors, whether it is people we are listening to through podcasts, that they are but men and that we have to put our trust in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and that we open-handedly say, Lord, thank you for drawing me in. Thank you for using this servant to draw me in through your gospel message to remember it is him that is drawing us in. Paul continues in verse six. He says, he starts addressing what he and Apollos did. He says, Verse six, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So he tells us exactly what happened. Paul planted, Apollos watered, God gave the growth. All growth comes from God the Father. God, again, is the one who draws us in. God is the one that redeems and reconciles and restores. And through him is where all wisdom and all understanding flow from. And Paul is reminding us right there, just even in verse six, that God is the one that does it all. We are servants. We are to steward well. We are to be obedient and follow what God is stirring in our hearts. These leaders, pastors, whether it's the the big level or whether it's the local level. They are called to obediently plant and water, but it is God in our own personal individual walks and lives with the Lord out of our own personal obedience and conviction to the Holy Spirit. That is how we go through the growth. It is God growing that in us. We have to remember that these people are the ones that are stewarding and that are leading us, but it's because of God 
the Father who is to be on the throne of our lives and not sharing it with anyone else or anything else. Verse seven says, so neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God gives the growth. So again, we see that the one who plants and the one who waters is nothing in comparison to God. Again, we are but men used by God. It's because of God and by his grace through faith that we are able to be stewards of that, that we are able to point people to Jesus Christ, that we are able to be vessels used by the Lord to share the gospel message that draws people in. It is not you and I that draws people to the Lord. So often I hear people say that they put these leaders on a pedestal, that this person is the only person that I can hear from. And I think, yes, you may enjoy their delivery, but it's the word of God that's drawing you in. And if you strip down all the emotion and all the extras, and maybe there's a lot of fluff going on with whoever is leading you, if you strip all of that down, is it the word of God that's drawing you in? Or have you idolized the personality and the look and the feel and the emotions and the experience of the person in which you're watching? And that's really hard to wrestle with, but that's what we have to do. That is how we here reading this in 1 Corinthians and watching what's taking place in culture, we have to get serious about this. Look at the division that is within the church because I think so often we are actually drawn to the people, places, and things rather than actually drawn to the word of God, which it's the word of God. It tells us this in James 1, 22, that it's the word of God that saves. It is the implanted word that saves. And so we have to open-handedly go to the Lord and surrender and say, Lord, am I drawn in by you and your word? Or am I drawn in by the person, the place, and the things? What is it? Where is my heart? Who has my heart? Jesus, is it you? Do you have my whole heart? Have I given my whole heart to you? Or Jesus, is the throne of my life filled with you, but other people, places, and things that have no business of being there? We have to get serious about that and lean into that and take that before the Lord because that absolutely gets in the way of our relationship deepening with Christ. When we have people, places, and things in the way of him, it absolutely hinders our relationship with him and our growth that only comes from him. It tells us in verse eight, he who plants and he who waters are one and each will receive his wages according to his labor. So he who plants and he who waters are one. We are one in Christ. Those that are stewarding people to the Lord, you and I who are stewarding people to the Lord, we are just in relationship with, that we get to share Jesus with, that we get to walk alongside and train up. We are one in Christ. We are his servant. That is what we are. And verse nine, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Verse 10 and 11, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Going back to verse nine, we are God's fellow workers. That is what we are. We have to remember that. And my prayer is that the big time famous leaders and our local church leaders know that too. Is And you and I have to know that too. We are God's fellow workers. We were never meant to be someone's savior. 
We were never meant to be on the throne of someone's life. Not ever were we meant to be in that position. And so we have to prayerfully go before the Lord to say, Lord, I need to be humble. I just prayed that today. I said, Lord, help me be humble. I want to be humble. I want to be a humble vessel. I want to have relationship with you. Lord, I pray the people that I am learning from, those that are shepherding me, God, I pray they would be humble, that they would know too that they are just fellow workers. We are just workers for the kingdom of God. And we can't forget that. We are called to be obedient fellow workers of the Lord carrying his gospel message and to remember that the foundation, the foundation that is laid must be built on Jesus Christ. That is the foundation that must be laid. And another point in scripture that I wanted to touch on as I was studying through here, when I read verse nine, where it says again, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Immediately, I thought of first Peter chapter five says, this is about shepherding the flock. So I'm going to read this to you right here, starting in verse two, shepherd the flock of God. God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. We have to be examples to the flock of those around us. And we can only do that because we are fellow workers of God. That is what we are. And that is what our shepherds are. Those that are leading us, those that we are listening to, those that we are allowing to teach us about the Lord and our lives. They are shepherding their flocks. And this is what God calls them to. And this is what God calls us to. So regardless of what your life looks like, if you are walking around with Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit living within you, you are in ministry always. That is what we are doing. You are ministering to those in your home, at your job, everywhere you go. Every encounter truly is an opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so often we overlook that and we just live our day-to-day lives as if we're just living and we have these shepherds over us. No, we are called to also shepherd the flock entrusted to us. And what does that look like? That means we have to be intentional with all the moments of our days. That means when we can look at our heart, when we look inward and go before the Lord, that Jesus is the one on the throne of our lives. We're not sharing it with anyone else because when the throne of our lives, when our heart is shared amongst him with other people, places, and things, how are we going to be good shepherds? How are we going to walk around attentive to the spirit and what God is doing when we are so concerned with all the other people, places, and things that are on the throne of our life? We have to get to the place where we can say, Jesus, you have my heart. That's it. I'm not sharing my heart with anyone else. I'm not sharing my heart with someone that I think can lead me better than you. Jesus, it is only you. You are on the throne of my life. I'm going to lean into you. I'm going to trust you and I'm going to point people to you, but I'm not going to allow other people to be on the throne of my life. I'm not going to any longer idolize those who are just your fellow kingdom workers, who are my brothers and sisters in Christ who are but men. And as we all were sinners in a desperate need of a savior to receive grace and mercy over our lives and to be able to be grafted in to the family of God and to have eternal life with you. I don't want to share the throne of my life with anyone else. I don't want my heart to be partially with the Lord and partially with everybody else. No, I want it to be with the Lord only. So my prayer this week is that you will also dig into this part of scripture and really honestly, humbly go before the Lord open-handedly and say, Lord, 
Is there anything else on the throne of my life that shouldn't be there? Lord, strip it from my heart. Lord, I am sorry for the things that I have put in the way of you. God, forgive me and Lord, lead me in a relationship with you where I don't want to share my heart with anything or anyone else. And then also pray for your pastor, pray for your local church, pray for these celebrity pastors all throughout the world, pray for our missionaries. We must pray about the division in the church going on and we have to seek the Lord about this, especially in regards to where you are being shepherded. Ask the Lord sincerely and be open to conviction. Lord, am I drawn to the person, the place, and the things going on at my church? Or God, am I drawn to you and your word? What am I drawn to? Guys, that is a hard place to wrestle with. That is where I was for a chunk of 2020. And the Lord showed so many people that I was allowing to influence my life in a way that only the Lord and only his word should have been influencing me. I pray that this episode has just caused you to want to dig into his word and to sit with him and prayerfully go before him and surrender your heart and ask the Lord to reveal to you the things that are getting in the way of him. Again, dig into this part of 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and also just take some time to dig into 1 Peter chapter 5 about shepherding the flock and just really digging into that and seeing what one should look like that is shepherding a flock. Whether that's you reading that to see how you are to be leading and ministering to people within your own home or wherever God has you, but also reading that to see what should your church leaders be like? What should the church look like? So I hope that you guys We'll dig into the word this week and I just pray again that this has blessed you today. This has been such a great thing for me to dig into. And again, just a reminder that my heart belongs to Jesus. That's my allegiance. I am a fellow worker of the kingdom of God and and that is what's most important. So I hope you guys have a great week this week and I will talk with you next Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. You can find everything we talked about at chelseadematis.com. If you have any questions, please reach out over social media. I'd love to chat. If you enjoyed today's episode and are loving the podcast, I would be so honored if you left a review on iTunes or shared on social media. Your kind words and encouragement mean the world to me. And I pray to continue showing you God's grace over my life as you all journey this out with me. Wherever you find yourself listening today, know that you were fully loved and fully known by God.